Welcome to Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church, theology, and hopefully to empower you and your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. So today, uh, I understand I could certainly be alienating uh, quite a bit bit of our viewers. I am obviously wearing a Beat Stanford uh, t-shirt, go Cal. Um, Yeah, there you have it. I'm wearing it. I did it. I said it. Uh, I lived in the Bay Area for uh, about nine years and became a Cal fan. Became a Oakland uh, Golden State Warriors fan as well. Um, Never could quite come to becoming a Raiders fan. Uh, saw a few San Francisco Giants games, saw a few uh, A's games, and uh, just enjoyed the sports scene there. But I definitely became a Cal fan, went to several Cal games, just uh, people give tickets. Uh, there was a lot of folks in our church there in uh, Oakland and San Leandro who were uh, Cal fans. And so one time I spoke at a uh, Athletes in Action uh, group at Cal. I said, I said, I'll come to speak at, at your group, uh, in on one condition. And it was, if you, uh, get me a beat Stanford t-shirt. And so that was the time when uh, Stanford game was coming on. And so I asked for that and they, uh, delivered. So here it is. Here's my beat Stanford t-shirt. Uh, I gotta represent, you know, uh, and they still show it. I mean, every game they show that ending where uh, the band marches on the field <laughs> at every game. And I literally before the game starts, they show that ending where the band marches on. They think the game's over and they, you know, stand for, uh, and a cow had lateraled and lateraled and lateraled until they scored a touchdown. And uh, that was the end of the game. <laughs> and and the guy takes the football and like smashes it on the tuba player's head. Uh, so they love it, man. Uh, I am a, a Cal fan, like uh, not by birth, but by like adoption. So um, anyway, so <laughs> I just kind of come into the family uh, gratefully and I get to wear it just because I can. Anyways, so here we are uh, today on Churchpreneurs. A little fun right? Come on, let's have some fun. So today on Churchpreneurs, uh, I want to ask the question and uh, do a little uh, self-reflection as well. Why aren't pastors more curious? In my experience, pastors are largely uh, uncurious about people, about new things. And this is maybe sort of a a relatively new development in, in, I want to say maybe... um, it's a result of uh, of the modern church movement of contemporary Christianity. Um, 
so this was a, a blog post I wrote quite a long time ago, but it, it starts to keep coming back here and there. And I want to just uh, revisit it. Yeah, so if you don't mind humoring me today, I'm gonna, uh, I want to address this issue uh, and sort of, uh, it, hopefully it's an, a true encouragement to you pastors. Uh, but I want to uh, hit you a, a little bit before, <laughs> before I build you back up. Uh, pastoral ministry requires a person to be curious and, and genuinely curious about other people. Over the years, I found that uh, ministry requires me to be curious. So when I was a youth pastor, um, I had to be curious about people. You meet new people all the time, young people coming. I mean, and in youth ministry, you've got this consistent rotation of, of you know, from ninth to 12th grade, you're meeting a new class of young people every year, um, and you're graduating people every year, hopefully. Um, and... Uh, so early on in ministry, I noticed I've got to be a really curious person about people. When I say curious, I mean curious about people. Uh, I noticed that I was genuinely, uh, probably really uncurious, uh, sadly, um, and arrogant, and and to my everlasting shame, proud. And uh, early on in ministry, I I noticed that was really uh, not going to work out. A mentor pointed this out to me uh, early on uh, before I was, spent my years in California, um, and it was hard to hear. Basically, he said, you're proud, you're arrogant, um, and so, but it was the best thing that he could have done for me. I'll be honest. I went on a weekend retreat with this uh, mentor. He was uh, my Bible college uh, uh, mentor and a professor at the Bible college I went to. He asked me to come on a retreat with him. He was speaking. And on our way there uh, to the retreat, he said to me, Richard, you interrupt people all the time. Did you know that? And I was like, wow, uh, no, I didn't know that. And um, I was sort of shocked. Um, he said, you interrupt. Uh, so we, ha we had had dinner right before we left. Um, and he said, you interrupted my wife at dinner at least a dozen times. And he said they were looking at each other like, uh, who, who is this guy? What's he, do what's he doing here? Um, and then he said uh, something that really was quite life-changing. And pastors, you can take a clue on this as well. He said, uh, I'm going to observe you over the weekend and let you know uh, what, what I think, what, what I notice, and, and maybe why this is, is happening. And uh, we're ministering together. So um, he did that. He observed me over the weekend. And at the end of the weekend, he told me he felt like uh, as, as an observation of my, uh, personality, what I, what I was, what I did over the weekend, he said that he realized, um, what was going on. And, uh, he told me that he felt like I cared more about myself and what I wanted to say than other people and what was on their minds. Who, um, Boy, this hurt to hear for sure. It cut, uh, but it was so eye-opening. 
I realized I needed to overhaul my life, my pride and my lack of curiosity. I needed to really become uh, more selfless and uh, genuinely begin caring about people's souls, their interests, their passions, and their needs. And I, I didn't do that up to that point. I was young at the time, but uh, I tell you, it really, really rocked me and helped me to to see. I, I, I didn't didn't know before. I didn't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, you can't fix what you don't know. And so this really, really uh, rocked me at the time and helped so much. <laughs> And so James, the brother of Jesus, has this wise advice for us. Uh, pastors, take heed. Um, when we're tempted to speak first in any situation like I was, I, I wanted to just, you know, here I am, I'm going to show you my wisdom. I'm going to show you my incredible uh, spiritual discernment and leadership and everything. Um, and, he, and he says in James 1.19, he says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We need to choose first to listen and understand and ask questions. So pastors, just here's, a, that was my little bit of self-reflection. Um, I, I, I still get it from my wife now. I mean, this is, uh, boy, maybe that might've been 20 years ago that that mentor shared that with me, that tidbit, and it helped a ton. But now 20 years later, my wife still says, you interrupt people, you want your own agenda, you're, you're, you're always sharing your thoughts and, and never letting inter people interrupt you. So it's not just uh, that, that you interrupt others. Uh, for me, it's, uh, she, she says, you interrupt and don't let other people uh, interrupt you and, and, and get into your discussion. So um, it's, it still happens. And I'm, I'm working on it. I'm continuing to work on it. But it's a consistent thing. And, uh, so we have to become pastors, more people oriented and become more curious about, and this, this is, uh, not just for pastors. This is for, for everyone who's a Christian become more curious. So I hope this applies to all people who are listening. Um, the, the questions I, I would pose to you for some self-reflection are, uh, do you come into groups of people and begin immediately to talk about yourself and what's happening with you? Oh boy, that's a, <laughs> it hits close to home. Do you like me interrupt people when they're in the middle of a sentence or thought? Do you rush to interject your opinion and tell a story about yourself or somehow self promote? Or do you listen to someone's thought all the way through and naturally interject then when they're done with their thought or their sentence. Do you ask questions of people? Do you seek to get to know people beyond the surface level? For us uh, growing up in our family, it was kind of funny. Do you, uh, 
do you ask questions of people? Do you seek to get to know people beyond the surface level? Uh, and uh, in, growing up in our family, my dad asked. We had a we had a funny thing. Uh, if someone else knew he would meet or whatever, he would come to come to the house or come to dinner or whatever. He'd ask twenty questions. So he's like, okay, okay, here comes twenty questions. Uh, you know, and uh, funny. Uh, I realized the wisdom of that. If you don't ask questions of people. How do you know? How do you know? Right? How do you get to know folks without knowing what they're going through, knowing their lives, asking questions? Um, people don't reject talking about themselves. They want to talk about themselves. Asking questions can really bring people out of their shells. And, and you can really get to know people beyond the surface level. How do you know people's needs if you don't ask questions? How do you know people's personalities, how they're, how they're wired, what they love and what, they, what they're really interested in? Uh, then uh, fourth, have, you, have people ever made these types of comments to you? You talk too much or, or you interrupt me all the time or you're not listening to me. That uh, could be an indicator that we're not curious enough. So these are just, again, some questions for self-reflection. Do people seem to pull away from you after a while? Even people you've considered friends for some a, a long time, that could maybe be an indicator that uh, uh, you're, you're not curious enough, that you're not people-focused, that you're not focused on people's needs and what they're going through. Instead, you're a little bit more self-interested. So uh, in order to become deeply caring and curious people, we need to be transformed by Jesus. Uh, for me, it's happening in my own life as I submit to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, my wife still sharpens me. Um, she knows my struggles and challenges and says often, you're not listening or you aren't listening to me. You're interrupting. Um, and she'll graciously point out, you haven't heard what I'm saying. And even not just, you know, a lot of times I'll just like either uh, I'm zoning out or I'm not present. Um, I had a... a, a gentleman who was a mentor as well in california he said richard wherever you are be there and that is such great advice i mean be present uh, guys pastors dads when you go home you tend to check out and you turn your mind off turn the tv on whatever I'm the same way. Uh, I tend to check out. I just zone out and a glazed overlook. And and we, we, uh, guys, that's our big struggle. Uh, so not just listening, but listening to what's being said, what listening to what's behind the thing, listening to emotion and feeling. Um, and so we can grow by asking other people who are close to us. Do you feel like uh, I'm you're listened to or you're heard by me? Um, and then you can ask others as well, mentors and, and other people uh, in your life. Do I have blind spots in my character? Do you uh, see something that um, I'm I have a blind spot in? So, so these are just a few um, uh, ways we can take some self inventory in this area. Uh, why aren't we curious? Uh, why why do I not pay attention to others? Our culture is head over heels for celebrities starve for information about their rich and famous, but our Christ calls us to minister to the poor, the marginalized, the hurting, the unpopular, the unfamous. Christ is calling his church to be genuinely curious about those that cannot repay you or return the favor. 
Jesus uh, said these words in Luke 14, 12 through 14. When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So let us, with fresh vision, obey the words of Jesus, and with great curiosity, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. One time I was on a discussion panel for disability in ministry and in the church, and a, a woman sat next to me, an older woman who had an older daughter, a 21-year-old daughter, I believe at the time, who had cerebral palsy. And she had mentioned on that board, on that panel, that she had never been invited to someone's home for dinner at that church. The pastor preached, she said, one Sunday on this passage, and she finally thought, today's the day. I'm going to be invited by someone today. So she wheeled her daughter right out into the foyer, right out into, right in front of the sanctuary, turned her around, parked her so that people would have to walk by her to leave the church. And she said she got not one single invitation. Oh, man, it hurt my heart so badly. The pastor had just preached on invite the poor, the crippled, the lame. Her daughter was right there. And she just was begging for an invitation to someone's home. Uh, this, this hurt my heart so badly. I tell you, um, church, let's not miss that opportunity. That church uh, had missed an opportunity to love someone and to be curious about someone. Someone who was in deep, deep need of fellowship and compassion and love. Let us not miss those opportunities. As pastors, elders, youth pastors, children's ministers, worship pastors, and anyone else who works for the church, your job, first of all, is a theological endeavor. And what is the theology? It is explaining God to people. So your job is making God known to people. How can you do that if you aren't curious? In, in the New Testament, we have these, uh, these one another uh, statements or phrases. And uh, in the New Testament, one another, the phrase one another is used 100 times. There are 100 verses where that phrase appears. 47 of those are instructions to believers uh, to one another, to one another commands or one another encouragements or what have you. Uh, four of them uh, are about kissing. <laughs> so sorry, uh, worship leaders. There's no uh, no sloppy wet kisses or even unforeseen kisses. Um, they're greet each other with a holy kiss type thing. <laughs> so uh, so sorry about that. Uh, uh, the unforeseen kiss versus the sloppy wet kiss. Uh, <laughs> none of that. It's all uh, copacetic. It's all good. Um, greet each other with a holy kiss. So uh, <laughs> so. Just highlight that there for you. 
Um, some of the one another's uh, are love one another, be devoted to one another in love, Romans twelve ten. Through love, serve one another, Galatians uh, five thirteen. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2, and, and pray for one another. So I, I hope this has been uh, sort of a, a wake-up call maybe. I've noticed this deep incuriosity in pastors in the last years. And a lot of it probably has to do with us being so focused on our computers. We get to our office, the computer, we focus on emails and, and we're focused on connecting with people via social media, but never connecting further with people beyond that. And, and that's a sad, sad scenario. Now use those tools, of course, please. I mean, look, I'm sitting in front of a computer here, I'm <laughs> doing a podcast, trying to touch people's lives. But in your interpersonal relationships, please, please think about this and become more and more curious about people. Go visit people. Go to the hospital. When, when a person calls your church and says, I'm going into the hospital for surgery or this, that, the other thing, they want you to come visit them. Otherwise, they wouldn't call you. They would call their small group leader or call someone else. People want you to visit them. Go visit people. Uh, call someone up. Say, hey, can I come by your work today? I just want to pop in for a few minutes, just see how you're doing. Maybe pray with you for a few minutes or not pray. Just go be curious about someone's workplace, pastor. Go to schools, youth ministers. Go to be Somehow try to be involved in the school system Go to schools. Go to after schools. One one year at uh, in San Leandro, I just called the principal up and I said, "I know you guys are understaffed this year. Not only understaffed, but your budget has been cut drastically in the in the school district. Let me know how I can serve the school and fill any gap, fill any hole. Put me to work in some way." She was like, "Wow, you would do that." Yeah, I'm he- look, I'm I'm here to serve this community and love people. Uh, tell me what I can do if there's any gaps. And she said, "Let me think about it." And so she c- called me back um in about a week, I believe, and said, "Can you come and do an after-school program?" And I thought, "Wow, actually that's a great opportunity, you know. Um I thought I'd be doing something off. I handed out bag lunches for the kids after their after-school program for about six months. I went at 3.15, no, 3.30 maybe, after school, and I just handed out lunches. I was in charge of getting them lunches, cleaning up after them, and that's it. For six months, I filled a hole. Love people, got to know kids. And then after about six months, the coaches realized I was decent at basketball, and they said, hey, what about... Uh, you doing uh, some just shooting some hoops with some guys after the you know after they've done their their after school thing um, where they're going to help or whatever then shoot some hoops so I, we started shooting hoops gave out the bag lunch started shooting hoops then 
after that, about, about six months of that, they said, how about we're thinking about doing a sports program after school, just like sort of PE type. Um, would you be willing to get some games going? I'm shooting hoops. Why not? Sure, let's get some games going. I'll ref a few games. We're getting building relationships. We built, had some after school games. Then they started adding soccer. They add so, add soccer to after school. Then we had uh, basketball. Then they had the the uh, curriculum, whatever the after school curriculum was. And then pretty soon, some of the coaches got to know me. Like, who are you, bro? Like, you're pretty decent at basketball. You interested in helping uh, some of the basketball teams? Sure, why not? Be interested in people. I'm there for people. I'm there for the teenagers of this of this school. Um, then after a little while, uh, I was helping with the JV team. Uh, the varsity coaches pulled me up for some help for this and that and the other thing. Now, that was my specialty. I mean, I, sports and, and, and basketball was, was what I could do, and they saw that. So the more you step into being curious about people, serving and loving your community, the more doors will open for you. And pretty soon there I was, um, one of the varsity coaches and I told him, this is my commitment. I can only do Wednesdays and one game a week. And they said, we're fine with that because they realized that my addition and help to the team was valuable. And so then after games, it was funny. It was, it was a great opportunity, just loving and, and, and caring about young people. After games, each coach would be able to put in a, a word or two to the team. Here's what we saw. Here's what we could do. And, and pretty, pretty soon, they all know I'm a youth pastor. They all know I'm a preacher. Coach says, hey, preach, uh, what you got to say? Um, and so I'm, I'm, he called me out, like, here I am, preach. And so, uh, so I'm preaching to the team. Sometimes I would bring a word of spiritual uh, wisdom in. Sometimes I would just say like one time we almost lost a game because uh, uh, one of the kids dunked on another kid and the whole gym went crazy. I was like, hey guys, we almost lost that game because we went crazy, you know? Um, and, and so I could put, it, and, he, and he actually, the coach afterwards said, man, Richard, that was really good um, because we did. We almost lost the game because the whole gym went ballistic after some kid got dunked on. And uh, so, I mean, th- there's just opportunities like that. If you step through and say, I'm going to be curious about people, I'm going to make people my focus in ministry, then things will happen. Doors will open. And then throughout the years, I was seen as a, as a real uh, bonus to the school there in San Leandro. I was, on, I was a coach for a couple years on the basketball team. Um, just a, a well-respected person in the community. People looked to me for help and for, for care for the youth and, the, and teenagers in that area. That's what happens when you put people first and focus your ministry on people. So primarily, pastor, leader in churches, your ministry is theological. And, and, and what theology is is explaining God to people. And in that endeavor, you have to be curious about people. You have to reach out to people, ask questions, do stuff in the community, go to campuses, go to schools, go to workplaces, go to events, go to kids' plays. If, if one of your people's kids are, are in a play, go to their play. I went to a lot of musicals in our, in our school. There was always something to go to 
to be invested in people, to put people first, do that. Do the one anothering of the New Testament. Don't greet each other with a holy kiss. I mean, that, <laughs> that's the one anothering. Greet each other, greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, that's not what we're talking We're talking about loving people, putting people's needs first, putting uh, the needs of your congregation up there and reaching new people and being curious about those who you meet, those who you are in your circle of influence. Be curious, pastor. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope this is an encouragement to, to go take a step of faith out into the community. Go to take a step of faith out into the world to love people for the kingdom of God and to, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ by taking steps of curiosity into people's lives. So thanks for listening to this episode of Churchpreneurs. You can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. You can also email us at churchpreneurs at gmail.com. That's C-H-U-R-C-H. E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S at gmail.com. It's like taking church and entrepreneur and just throwing it into a salad. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any comments or questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Until next time, take care. 